Hi, my name is Katerina Kronstedt and I'm a volunteer for the Jeremiah program here in Boston. And today we're having a conversation with Amelia Diamond, the executive director of Jeremiah program Boston. Hi. Hi, so nice having you here. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. So nice being here. I know, it's great to have you in our space. So let's start from the beginning. Yep. What is Jeremiah Program? So Jeremiah Program is a national organization committed to low-income single mothers and their young children, helping families break the cycle of poverty two generations at a time. Uh, we were founded in 1998 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, by a group of faith leaders who saw that there was a problem in their community and, that, and realized that they had the tools and resources to commit to making a change. Um, so it was really just kind of a grassroots organization that started with a few volunteers. And now we're almost 20 years old, national organization with sites all over the country. Uh, and uh, one of those sites is here in Boston, which is where I'm the executive director. We've been in Boston for about three years. Tell us a little bit about the operations here in Boston. Yeah, so here in Boston, we um, take kind of the traditional Jeremiah model um, which I'll talk about and and kind of flip it on its head a little bit. So at the core of everything we do is our first pillar, which is supportive community. So we see social networking and social capital as a crucial and underdeveloped uh, skill for our families, connecting with one another, connecting with volunteers, building their social capital so that they can feel connected in their community and go out into the world and, and feel like they have people in their corner. Uh, the second pillar is high quality early childhood education. So we make sure that all of our second gen, those kiddos, are getting the highest quality education so that they're ready for kindergarten, third grade, success academically, and then hopefully long term, um, getting into college and, and, and being a successful adult. The third is uh, high, is career track college education for mom. So while kids are getting that high quality early ed, moms are on track not just for any college degree, but for a career that's gonna sustain them and their family. Um, the fourth pillar is life skills and empowerment. The first thing a mom does if she wants to get into our program is she takes a 16-week empowerment course, which is a cognitive restructuring course, which really helps focus on relationships, on the self, on behaviors, and figure out how to sort of um, channel the best possible self. And then our fifth pillar, safe and affordable housing. So this is where Boston differs from the rest of the country, um, from the rest of Jeremiah's programs around the country. Usually what Jeremiah would do is start a capital campaign to build housing. They'd build about 30 apartments, two bedrooms, and they'd build an early childhood center on the same campus. So you mean in the, on the other locations nationwide, that is how their operations are started? Yep. So they start by building, maybe serving some families, doing some empowerment, doing some life skills, but the main focus of the leadership is getting that funding raised to build that building. Here in Boston, um, we're trying to see if we can innovate that tried and true model that we know has positive outcomes, but do it um, for less money and do it a little bit faster. So here in Boston, we're not building our own housing and we're not building our own early childhood center. Rather, what we're doing is um, 
targeted case management and partnerships with housing and early childhood programs to make those easier uh, resources to access for our moms. Um, Safe and affordable housing is really tricky in Boston. We have one of the worst, uh, least affordable housing markets in the country. Um, So we're working with housing partners to think about creative solutions for families that really need some stabilized housing while they get, you know, get their college degree, while they get their kids ready for kindergarten and kind of move towards a career that might be able to pay for some housing. Um, So we're still kind of innovating that model and we're still figuring out what those partnerships look like, but we've been really successful in helping families access resources through other housing organizations and making sure that their kids are getting some of that high quality early childhood. Um, Here in Boston, also all of our moms are on the same college campus. So in the other cities, they, they live all together, but they go to school separately. Here they live separately, but they all go to school together. So all of our moms are enrolled at Endicott College Boston. Um, How we came to Boston was uh, Dr. Richard Wiley, who's the president of Endicott College, which whose flagship campus is in, in Beverly, Massachusetts, about an hour north of here. He and Gloria Perez, who's our president and CEO, met when they were both fellows with the Aspen Institute, which is committed to two generational um, resources to help end poverty. They met, he said, hey, I'm starting this Boston campus. I'd love to think with you about how we can creatively serve student parents. And so thus we were invited into Boston. Um, So we've gone through a lot of change in the last three years, um, but now we're in this beautiful home in Roxbury in, in Dudley Square neighborhood. We have um, space here where we build community where moms can come spend time together. They can bring their kids while they do homework. They can do some laundry. They can cook a meal, uh, meet with their coaches. Um, so this space is really important to us, and um, that's sort of the center of everything that we do here in Boston. We're a small staff, um, so we're just uh, kind of in startup mode, which is fun and exciting and challenging. And you were saying about the fourth pillar. So the first thing that they do is they go through the 16-week program. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the enrollment process. How do these women find your program? How do they enter? Is it? How does yeah. that work? So women find us in a variety of ways. Um, some of it's word of mouth. Um, women telling other women about it. Um, I've had a couple of women come our way who said, someone told me about this program on the bus. Um, Wow, wow. You know, gotta love the tea. Um, But we do a lot of targeted referrals. So we'll go and make a presentation to a group of case managers from a shelter, from a hospital, um, from another social service organization. And then they refer women our way that they think are good candidates. Obviously, these women need to have GEDs or high school diplomas. They need to be college ready. We ask that they have one child pre-third grade, um, just so we can really track and help develop those young people and get them ready for their academic and professional success. Um, And then um, they kind of come, they meet us, they get a feel for the program, they fill out a lot of paperwork. (laughs) And then whenever the next empowerment course um, starts they start with that and that's 16 weeks two hours a week we provide dinner and child care um, and it's taught by a volunteer facilitator so they get to know someone already in our volunteer network over the course of those 16 weeks there's a couple things that they do one is that they apply through the state for a voucher which helps them uh, pay for early childhood programming or after school programming for those older kids. Um, we require that all kids be enrolled in some sort of center-based care um, because we know the data and that 
you know, kids who are in center-based care in early childhood have exponentially better outcomes in kindergarten, even in high school and college. So we want to get kids enrolled. Wow. And, it, and that data, is it something that you yourself have carried out? or is No. That- so mm-hmm. there's a lot of national data around this, but the Aspen Institute has done some specific work around investing in early childhood programming. Um, and I think the return that I remember, and this might be wrong, is that for every dollar invested in early childhood, there's a $17 return. Wow. Um, because people are less likely to need public assistance. They're less likely to, um, to default on on loans or our mortgages so in general we know that this is super important mm-hmm. so we make sure uh, that all of our moms get that state voucher um, and then we help them go through the process of identifying and selecting an early childhood provider and they also go through the application process for Endicott Boston um, so we help them make sure they've got their reference letters and their fee waiver um, so they don't have to pay a fee to apply and get their essay put together things like that um, and if they successfully complete all of those and the empowerment class then they get an interview with me and a member of my staff and then we make a determination as to whether or not they're ready to start program because it's a big commitment so it's not for everyone um i think empowerment is for everyone i think everyone including myself needs to take over and over again that curriculum yeah but (laughs) um but the program itself we we ask a lot of the women that we work with yeah and how many are enrolled at this moment here in boston currently we have 22 moms Mm -hmm. and about 36 kids enrolled in the program wow and when are they graduating So we had six women complete their associate's degrees in May. Mm -hmm. So that was awesome. But there are uh, five of those six are continuing in the program. So they're sticking around with us and moving on to their bachelor's. So they'll graduate kind of all over the place. No uh, women start. They may start at the same time, but they may take different course loads. So they may graduate at different times. Um, And we graduate them officially from the program whenever they meet their stated educational goal. So for the five women that are continuing with us, they've all said I want a bachelor's degree right so we're going to stick with them through that bachelor's degree okay um, so that's an individual it's individualized it's in, yeah mm-hmm. it's very individualized um, and so um, then we'll stick with them for about six months after they're graduating to help them kind of ease into whatever the next phase of life is in terms of employment and, right to uh, support them through that phase exactly Tell us a little bit about the nationwide success of uh, the women uh, uh, graduating from the program yeah so um, We have two sites that have been open for over 10 years, uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul in Minnesota. And then we have Austin, Texas, which just opened their new campus this fall um, or this spring. So those are the three that are really kind of fully operational at this point. Um, But Minneapolis and St. Paul, they have incredible success. 87% of women um, are going on to live in safe and affordable housing. 76% of women had Uh, a significant jump in their earning potential. Um, 80% of kids are performing at or above grade level. That's great. Yeah, I mean, we're really seeing um, some significant outcomes for moms. And then a few years ago, we had a return on investment or an ROI uh, study done uh, by the Wilder Institute. And they said for every dollar invested in a Jeremiah family, there's a $4 return.
burn. That's incredible. And that's a conservative estimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so for every dollar invested in a Jeremiah family, there's a $4 return. And a lot of that is um, decreased dependence on public assistance programs. Um, so folks are um, earning enough so that they can pay rent themselves, they can pay for childhood programming, um, they can buy homes, they can become full-fledged taxpayers. Um, Members of society, yeah. yeah. So what about the short-term and the long-term goals for Jeremiah yeah. Program Boston? Yeah, so short-term, we're, we're building up and refining our program model. We're getting those partnerships in place for housing and early childhood programming. Um, we're building up our staff. Um, we've had some staff changes, so we're just getting everything kind of settled. Um, Long term, in the next five years, my fantasy is that we grow from 22 to 250. So from 22 to 250, wow. What do you need to make that happen? The biggest thing is we need staff to support that. And in order to hire staff, I need uh, funding. So we're really looking at finding key supporters in, in and around Boston who say, this is a model that works. We're excited about the innovation and we want it to be here. Right. So the more people that know about us and the more people that are committed to supporting us, the bigger we can grow. How much money do you need to support one family, one woman? So one one family costs about $14,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And that includes our program staff, uh, overhead for life skills, providing dinners and childcare. Um, and then um, a couple of other kind of key material resources. So we provide every mom with a monthly T-Pass as long as she's meeting all the program requirements, mm -hmm. which is a huge expense for moms and something that they're able to avoid um, because we provide those for them. Yeah. And then we provide about up $250 a year in emergency assistance. Mm -hmm. So we've had women come to us when their lights get shut off and it's gonna take too long to go through the usual channels to get things turned back on. We had a woman who didn't have something to wear to graduation, so we went and bought her a dress that was, because wow. we didn't have anything in our basement that fit which we have a lovely little clothing closet, but nothing quite fit. So we went and, and found her something she felt comfortable in. Um, and that's kind of on an as needed basis, but we, we budget for about 250 per family mm -hmm. in that kind of emergency assistance as well. Tell us a little bit who supports uh, yeah. Jeremiah program in Boston. So we have a small but mighty group of supporters. Um, in terms of foundations and corporations, um, we're really grateful for the support of the Boston Foundation, Bank New York Mellon, uh, Eastern Bank, uh, the Wellington Management Foundation, and um, some small smaller gifts also from banks and other charitable foundations. Um, and we have some folks who are involved with us uh, in our fireplace fund, which means that they're committed to sustaining Jeremiah for the future. So those folks have given um, 15,000 over three years and um, that's to help really operate our space here in Dudley. Um, so, and there's a lot of fireplaces. If you come look at our space, we're sitting in front of a in front of one, yeah, in front of a, <laughs> a defunct fireplace. We have fireplaces all over this building, so it's kind of our icon for keeping our building open and running. And it's again, it's really a space for our moms. So the more support we can gain from folks who say, "Okay, I'm going to give for three years," um, the more invested we know this community is in keeping it in Boston. Tell me a little bit more about the fireside chats. Right, so when someone's in the fireplace fund, we invite them to have what we call a fireside chat, which means they can invite friends and family to either our home and gather around our fireplace, 
or they can invite them to their home and we can gather around whatever fireplace or not that they have. And I'll, I, I'm usually there and I'll bring a mom with me who usually, which usually means we bring a kid, which is always fun. Um, and, uh, they'll get a chance to hear a little bit more about the program and then hear from a mom who's being directly impacted by the services that we provide. Um, so we're looking for folks who are interested in not only investing in us, but also sharing that investment with people in their circles. Right. Very interesting. And is it so that you're planning a big fundraising event yes. later this year? Tell me we about it. We are really excited about our first fundraiser on October 18th at 6 p.m. at Laugh Boston. Uh, the event is called Voices Rising. It's an evening of storytelling to benefit Jeremiah program. We are bringing together artists, uh, political leaders, community leaders, um, and some of our moms from around the community to tell stories around a theme. And the theme for this year is called First Steps. So we'll have um, Boston City Councilor Ayanna Presley will be telling a story. Community activist Anthony Toombs will be telling a story. Um, we have a local poet. Um, we're really excited that our founder, Michael O'Connell, will be coming in from Minneapolis to tell us the first steps of Jeremiah. And then the most exciting part about the evening for me is that we're going to have uh, three to four moms on stage who are going to be telling a story um, and really giving testimony and sharing about their, themselves, um, not necessarily about Jeremiah, but just telling a story about their lives. And um, it's beautiful because um, we, we get to give voice and space and stage to uh, people who may not be heard often. So That's we're, right. we're yeah. really excited about that event. Um, tickets are on sale now. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. How, do we, how does one get tickets? If you go to jeremiahprogram.org slash Boston and scroll down to those events, um, you'll see a link to buy tickets. You can also purchase a ticket for a mom. So we're hoping to get sponsors enough to uh, make sure that all of our moms can afford to go. Um, and we're really excited about that opportunity as well. So even if you can't make it, maybe you can buy a ticket for a mom so she can enjoy the evening. And if uh, if I can't make it, and uh, let's say that I'm buying a ticket to support a mom, is there any other way that I can support this specific event? Is there a donation goal that you have? Yeah, so our goal for the event is to raise $50,000. And we have sponsorships all the way down from 1,000 to 10,000. Um, all of the sponsorship levels include tickets, so you could give those to a friend or someone else in your company. Um, and uh, we'll acknowledge all of our sponsors and our printed materials and online. Um, it's a great way to say to the world that you're interested in, in Jeremiah program continuing in this community and that you're interested in doing good in Boston. Wow. And besides this event, if uh, one does want to get involved, yeah. how is it possible? There's a lot of ways. Go to jeremiahprogram.org slash Boston for sure. Um, you can sign up to volunteer there. We have uh, a need for volunteers in childcare, in tutoring our moms on their college courses, around uh, teaching life skills classes on a specific topic, um, some mentorship opportunities as well. Um, you can also give online. It's pretty easy. You can just do it with a credit card. And um, you can read a little bit more about a couple of the families that we work with, just in case you want to get kind of steeped in it. Um, again, we're small, so I meet with most of our volunteers at least once before they get started. Um, and we're really excited to build our brand here in Boston and get more people engaged and interested. That sounds great. Is there anything else that you would like to add that you would like people to know about the program? Yeah. Before we end our conversation. So I think programs like this are unique in that we're working with mom and child simultaneously, which is one of 
I think one of the most compelling things about our mission. We're a two-gen program. So we see that we need to help the entire family uh, move on this journey towards long-term prosperity. Um, That if we help mom or kid, that's great. But if we're helping the whole family, it's really a long-term solution to to ending the cycle of poverty. Um, And then I'd also say here in Boston, which we think of um, for both education and innovation, um, I feel like we fit in pretty well. We have a strong education focus for our moms and our kids and we happen to be innovating on an old model so um, I'm excited for more people in Boston to hear about this thanks for giving me the opportunity to chat with you Um, and I'm excited to see what's next for Jeremiah Program Boston yeah thank you so much for this conversation it's extremely interesting to hear about what you're doing and I wish you the best of luck this sounds like an amazing program thank you for being an awesome volunteer with us (laughs) all right thank you bye bye bye